Good morning. Welcome to Breton Baptist Church online. My name is Brian Stocker. I'm the lead minister here, and it's a privilege to have you with us. So thank you for joining us. Today we start our eight-week um, series on an, um, understanding the church in a new era. If there ever has been a time of a new era in my lifetime, this is certainly that time. I don't think I've experienced, like many, if not all of you, a time such as this. We are trying to understand what it means to reconstruct the church that appears to be deconstructed because of COVID-19. I passionately believe that the church has be, been behind on how it mi must be the church today. I believe with all my heart that the church is always one step behind the movement of the Holy Spirit. So I want us to engage together in that opportunity of discovering and understanding the church in a new era. We will be reflecting on some of the past in brief, some of the present, and certainly looking into the future in hope to get a fresh revelation of what God is saying to us as, an ex as a Baptist church or Breton Baptist church as an expression, but also as the global church of Jesus Christ. I remember reading this quote that said this, a focus on the future prevents a church from becoming a resting place for dusty relics. Many of us have been in conversations uh, between different people about um, why, what is the church about today? How do we still maintain the movement of the power of the church in these forever changing times. We're learning to do church in new ways. Some churches are already doing what some of us have just started doing prior to COVID-19. So we're going to um, invite you to engage with us. And one of the ways we're inviting you to engage with us to do something different, to be a bit more creative in um, how we participate is we're going to do a paper exercise every week. You're invited, it's not compulsory, but please, each week, if you would like to take part, grab an A4 sheet of paper, such as this. And this week, you're gonna need a pair of scissors. So in a moment, I'm gonna show you a video clip of what you're invited to achieve with this piece of paper and a pair of scissors. So feel free to go and get yourself ready while I ramble on just a little bit more before I show the video clip. In addition to that, some weeks I will be wearing a t-shirt with a different um, slogan on, with, with different writing on. You can see part of this. Religion sets the rules, okay? And you're invited to try and guess what the rest of the t-shirt says. This is a new one. I haven't worn this one before, so nobody else would have seen this apart from my family or some of my family. So I will reveal that at the end as it will be attached 
to the message. I can't promise that this will happen every week, but I will make it my, um, my mission to do it whenever I'm preaching. Um, I'll probably run out of t-shirts before long. So, with that said, why don't you come along with me on this journey on learning how we together understand the church in a modern or new era. Now, your challenge, if you choose to accept it, uh, is a paper exercise that uh, invites you to cut the paper in such a way that allows your whole body to go through it without the paper losing its continued connection, uh, where there's um, a complete loop in the whole piece of paper. So for a way of demonstration, you might think that the only way to cut the paper in a way that allows it to have a continued um, unbroken link is to fold it in half and to uh, then cut it uh, this way as um, I'm showing you, um, which does allow the paper to be cut in a way that's unbroken, but certainly not big enough to get your whole body through unless you are very thin. But the mystery is that we don't lose any of the paper. And it turns out something like this. There's an unbroken chain of paper that will allow me whole body to go through it without breaking it. So that's the mystery. How do you do that? For many people, I can understand um, how they feel about the church, particularly those that have a negative view on church. I myself, certainly for the first 28 years of my life, had a very negative view of church. I was not brought up um, to understand the church, to know anything about the church. I was not necessarily encouraged nor discouraged. Uh, we were not um, people that visited church regularly and not even on hatches, matches and dispatches. Um, there was a few occasions that I did go to church in my first 28 years. I probably could count it on one hand. As I grew into a young teenager and a young adult, many people did attempt to witness to me. I saw the church as completely irrelevant, full of hypocrites, full of do-gooders, full of weird people, um, um, and had no place in my life. It, it bore no interest. I could not see how the church, or even being a Christian, would be positive in my life whatsoever. It was a complete mystery to me that anybody would ever feel that wasting a Sunday morning, let alone any other times during the week, uh, to spend in church. It was a phenomena that um, I didn't even give my attention to in any way. Until that is when I became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and obviously my perspective has radically changed to the point where I absolutely love 
the church. I, I cannot express with words intelligible enough to express what it means for me to love the church. But let me entice you into a secret. But before I do that, before I share what it is, the secret and the mystery of the church, let me just share of scripture. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 to 13. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given to me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety may now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. I pray therefore that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you. They are your glory. In that passage, Paul talks about the mystery of Christ and the mystery of the Holy Spirit. See, so many people depict the church as some kind of place of religion or some kind of religion. Even in the first century, the people of Israel would have took the, those that followed Jesus, the Christ followers, as a new religion, another new religion. You know, in the first century, we had Judaism and we had the, the Greek mythology and the uh, Roman gods um, and, and a few others. Um, idols made out of gold and bronze and stone. Um, and then there took a period of the um, turn of the fourth century when the Roman Catholic Church became the known religion. Christianity, Christianity became the state religion. And during that period of approximately 1100 or so years, maybe 1200 years, um, there was nothing more than the Roman Catholic Church and then uh, the Eastern Orthodox Church at the, at the turn of the millennium. Then in the, in the Reformation, the 16th century, you have the break-off from the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, through Martin Luther and Calvin and many others. Um, following that would be the Baptist and the Methodist and, and everything else 
we now have some 50, near 50,000 different Christian expressions of church. It is phenomenal. It is, in a way, liberating, but also confusing. One of the things religion does is create some confusion, if not a huge amount of confusion. Faith is not confused. A lot of people think that believing in Jesus is a blind faith. The first thing we need to understand is, why Jesus? And Paul has this revelation that Jesus is Lord. And you can, you, can, you can look at that in the book of Acts chapter 9, where Paul is a persecutor of the new religion of the first century, the Christ followers, the Christians. So sometimes the word Christian can, can leave us very um, uh, unclear about what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ. So the first element to the mystery behind the church, understanding the church, is understanding that without Christ, the church is pointless. Take away the institution of the church, take away the building of the church, take away its systems, its rules, its practices, take away the problems of the church, take away all of the nitty gritty, what do you have left? No people. You can take away the building, you can take away the systems and the structures, but if you take away the problems, you take away the people. See, the second element of the church is people. Without the people, you do not have the body. Christ is the head and the church is the body. Let me tell you a little story about a pastor who was a great pastor and he, he taught well on what it meant to be the body of Christ. And he called his congregation, was often known, famous for um, stating that he has a great body. And leading up to his retirement, a surprise party was put on for him. And he had a wonderful exit from his many years of ministry. And a few days later, he was visiting a Christian bookshop and chatting with a lady that was not a regular at the church, but understood something of the mission of the church, the good deeds of the church, uh, the wonderful works. And he was, he was sharing with her how he felt blessed by his congregation who had put on this wonderful, wonderful um, surprise um, farewell retirement party. And while he, the woman was listening, she had this massive grin upon her face and she, um, without thought, said, I love your body, which caused everybody in the shop to stop and there was this deathly silence. And as the pastor and this woman looked around sheepishly, everybody fell about laughing in a healthy way, realizing what she said. So you've got Jesus, you've got the body, and then you've got the greatest mystery, which is the Holy Spirit. So you cannot understand anything about the church unless you get empowered by the Holy Spirit. And Paul goes on about this, particularly in chapters 3 of Ephesians um, and, and uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and, and in many places um, through the book of Acts and pretty much right away through the old, uh, the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you've got the Holy Spirit um, at particular times, uh, for particular reasons, under particular circumstances, for specific people. 
Now, at the first century, in the second chapter of the book of Acts, the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy from the, um, the, New, the Old Testament, and one of the minor prophets, gets fulfilled. And Jesus is teaching his disciples before his ascension in John chapter 16 about how he will leave them with a counsellor. The power of the gospel, the power of what it means to be heirs to the kingdom of God. See, Paul is addressing in chapter 3 of Ephesians how he has been appointed by God to share this good news with people that are not from the tribes of Israel. He is reaching out to a very unchurched and unreligious society, the Gentiles. This caused problems in the first century. In chapter 15 of the book of Acts, Paul has to give an account of what he's doing in the church in Jerusalem, which was the center of the church, because he was encouraging the Gentiles um, that they don't have to follow the religious rules of the Old Testament and of Moses. And this was um, not pleasing to the established church. And we find that even today, 2000 years. Now, if, if you're interested in getting an understanding of how we have got to where the church is today, then I'll, I'll encourage you to follow two very easy to read books. The first one is this one, um, Church Fathers from Clement of Rome to Augustine by Pope Benedict XVI. Um, that's Ratzinger for those that may be familiar with it. I'm not promoting Catholicism, please don't misunderstand me. But this book um, gives us an insight to some of the theology that many people follow um, as it's been developed since the first century and it has more writings uh, appeared and, and more understanding of those writings were formulated by many of the second, third and fourth generation apostles. Now for a very um, quick fly through of the potted history of the church, then I recommend this book, Church History, Essential Guide to Church History by Justo L. Gonzalez, um, a fantastic book that takes you through uh, a whistle-stop tour of the history of the church. They are very easy reads and worthwhile reading if you want to get a better understanding of how have we got to where we are today in the church and why are so many people disillusioned by the church? What have we done to make church complicated, irrelevant, untrue, unintelligible uh, and boring. Because I know since I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, the minute that the revelation of Jesus came into my life sparked a new revelation in me, a, a, a new insight to the things of heaven. The, 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 the unpeeling of what the church really is all about became more and more real. And I want to talk to you about that on the subject of relationships, relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ and the church. And it's only possible to get some inclination of what that is like and the beauty of that um, is through by being filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to understand the mystery of the Holy Spirit?
the Apostle Paul says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The mystery of the church lies within allowing Jesus to be your guide in every matter because God, through Jesus Christ, wants you to be the best person. You can be the best worker, employer, employee, father, son, daughter, mother. Whatever role you play in society, Jesus wants you to be the best. And through Jesus, you can be the best you can be. But it starts off with having a relationship with God through Jesus because he is your creator and he has given you a dual citizenship, a citizen of this country or whatever other countries, but also a citizen of heaven. And he has invited you to know his heart and his plans. Because his plans for you are the best ever. There is nothing that you cannot do in Christ. And when you open yourself up to the mystery of Christ, you get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit enables you to achieve things that you may never have imagined. Because your whole body, mind, soul and heart gets transformed into the likeness of God. And you see things that perhaps you wish you hadn't seen, but God shows you a way of overcoming and getting through. In fact, he walks with us through them. And this is the reason Paul says, I am a prisoner for Christ Jesus. So I don't know where you are in the mystery of the church. I love the church. And it's not so much about religion for me. Religion sets the rules, but Jesus sets us free. From the time of Abraham, chapter 13, where Abraham and his nephew Lot depart and go their separate ways. There's been divisions right from the first book in the Bible, right through to Revelations and the seven churches. And right through since the, um, since the inception of the church in the book of Acts to present day 2000 years, there's been separations. But what it hasn't done it's reduced the church, it's increased the church. People believe the church is in decline. Some denominations are, but many are not. The church is on the increase. I once um, interrupted a school teacher outside our, a former church that I was youth pastor to, um, who was teaching their students 
um, as they stood outside the church, that the Christian church had in decline. I rushed down from my upstairs office, opened the doors, said hi, and introduced myself and asked them what they were doing. And they explained it to me that they were talking teaching the children about the Christian church and different places of worship. And I invited them, would you like to come in? And as they came in, they, they saw, very similar to this, a set of drums. And they saw a church just like this church building. And they were gobsmacked as they looked around at the lights and the, and the walls and the artwork and, and the setup. It wasn't what they'd ever experienced and encountered. So we played some music and we taught them what we did in that church. They were amazed. And since then, that was some 20 years ago, I have been opening a church up that every church I've been in and inviting local schools to come and be educated about what we do as a church. And every one of those have been inspired the mystery of the church does not, rely, um, does not lie on religion or institution or organization. It lies in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church is about relationships, authentic relationships, about real people being not something that they feel they should be, but something that God is showing them who they are. Paul says this in the first letter to the Corinthian church in chapter 2. He says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, speaking to the church in Corinth. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquent or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. See, for me, the Authority is in Christ Jesus and the power is in the spirit. And this is where the mystery really does lie. Unless you're in relationship with somebody, you really do not get to know them. I've been married for 33 years this month. Hallelujah. Praise God. To the same woman, by the way, but once. Um, and, uh, and I would do it again, but with her. Okay, I would get married again to her again and again. Um, and the length of time I've been with her is near some 36 years this coming December. Every year we grow in relationship, the more we get to discover about each other. Now, I don't believe by any standard that people have been married however long know each other completely. There is always something to learn about each other. 
because we are constantly on a journey and we are constantly being influenced by the world around us, philosophy, theology, culture, um, politics, absolutely everything. We are being influenced. And the more we engage in the world around us, the more we discover about the world around us. I believe things like science and religion are in relationship to each other. They are not opposites. They are not at war. I believe um, human difference, and I mean from its extremities, is about understanding who we are, where we come from, and how we've got to where we've got to. And I believe that relevant for the church. How have we got to where we've got to? Like I said earlier, many of us have been in conversations about how the church has been affected and how the world has been affected because of COVID-19. And how are we reconstructing because of it and through it? The church has never ceased to exist despite all the attempts to extinguish the church. You will never extinguish the church. Why? Because it is a heavenly body being prepared like a bride, Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 5, for the bridegroom being Jesus Christ. And he talks about marriage as a metaphor for the church. Marriage in its purest sense, where a bride is being prepared in all her beauty for the groom. And the reason why we haven't seen the return of Christ yet is because the church is not ready, people. The church is not ready. I believe when the church is ready, when the church is at its best, it will be when the world is at its worst. I don't believe the world is at its worst yet. I believe that no doubt will come more devastations. I pray to God that we do not have a second uh, wave of COVID-19. I pray against that in Jesus' name. But I'm also a realist that it may well happen because some of it is in our responsibility. And sometimes we negate that responsibility. Push that aside, I'm getting a bit too political. My point here is... The church is a body of God's people and everyone is invited to be a part of that amazing body that can be. Now, when the church is divided, and the church has been divided since the first century. As I mentioned in, um, in the book of Acts chapter 15, they were already um, at odds about how they reached the unchurched. And Paul and Barnabas has this great separation over um, Barnabas' Barnabas's cousin, um, John Mark. And they go their separate ways, but the gospel continues to spread. And with COVID-19, it didn't shut the church down. The church went viral. In fact, it exploded even more and more people have been tapping into online services. This is one of the ways to go forward. This is one of the ways many churches have already been going forward, but many churches have been left behind. But now many churches are catching up, but some churches aren't equipped. So there's a challenge there for churches to engage in. How do we support each other from, bec um, from becoming irrelevant to relevant. 
Because the gospel is the same yesterday, today, and it will be tomorrow. The message doesn't change. Culture changes. Methods change. But the gospel remains the same. Jesus died for you. So that you can have freedom, revelation, liberation. You will become heirs to the kingdom of God. You will get insight to the kingdom of God. However, it is written, and this is a quote from um, Isaiah 64. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the thing God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. God wants to reveal to you the secrets of his hearts. If you want to know the secrets of the hearts of the people around you, you get into relationship with them. You get to know them. You spend time with them. You open yourself up to them. You make yourself vulnerable to them. And you join together in a healthy relationship. And this is exactly what God is offering and has been offering for 2,000 years since the time of Jesus Christ to everyone. of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can know the Father's heart and the Father's desire for the present state of the church and the future of the church. Church looks very different in many expressions than what it did 30, 40, 50 years ago, let alone 500, 1,000, 2,000 years ago. I believe there's relevance, parts of relevance of our tradition and our past. But we cannot allow the past traditions to hold back the movement for the future of the church. We should never shut ourselves down to the inspiration of the next generation. We should be engaging together, not as retired, aged people with new teens or generation Zs, we should not categorize ourselves in terms of baby boomers and generation X and millennials and generation Zs. We should recognize the impact of that, but more so, what does it mean for us to be in relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ and the body of Jesus Christ, powered by the Holy Spirit? So as we go through this, I want to invite you to open yourself to the mystery of the power of the Holy Spirit.